Welcome to Don't Feed the Geeks, presented by the Long Island Comic Guys, the masters of the geeky verse. We have a small crew here today. It's just TC and JJ. Hey, what, what's all, up? <laughs> all the rest are unavailable today. So JJ is going to step in for Toy Story uh, on the Geek Beat. So, uh, Mr. JJ, this, take it away. This is uh, some big shoes I got to fill, right? Uh, i'll do my i don't know about that i think i think he's like a size eight (laughs) i'll do my best (laughs) so what we got starting off with uh we've got uh tom welling is making a reappearance um as the smallville jim you cut out again whoa i'm i'm here i'm 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 hearing myself man i think it's on your end so we're gonna we're gonna continue this so we um we're gonna say tom welling uh who was the Clark Kent from Smallville has confirmed to appear in the CW crossover event, uh, crisis on infinite earth. Uh, that was announced this morning. I guess he made a decision last night that he was going to do it. Uh, I think most of us are pretty excited about that. Right, right there, TC. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get to hearing you here. <laughs> oh, All right, let's try this again. Yes, I am pretty excited about that. I was a big fan of Smallville. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear. I know we heard this rumor a while ago that he was going to be joining, right? Yeah. So it, it's good to see that he's uh, officially done it. I think the only one who hasn't confirmed now that would possibly join would be Linda Carter as Wonder Woman, right? Oh, that yeah, but that would be great. I think that would set this over the edge. I think that'll be probably the last one. I, I'm I'm pretty confident we're going to wind up hearing about that one, but that'll probably be the last piece of uh, uh, beat they're going to throw towards us before uh, before it launches. It that it, again, it doesn't launch until December, so we still have some time. We've got a lot of. I time. actually just finished up Arrow, which again it was okay. Uh, wasn't anything that like kind of knocked your socks off. Uh, I did hear that for season two. I mean, so I think he kind of like. Spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't see it. He kind of goes off with this uh, monitor person. Okay. So um, we'll see what happens. I know that his sister, uh, I think Willa Holland is her name. She's returning uh, for season two. And what I'm hearing is this is only going to be a half a season for Arrow. So the the news that's coming out is to kind of of bite the bullet at the end of this crisis. So I don't know. We'll see. And then that's officially done, right? So Arrow yeah, that, would be that's done. what I'm hearing. That's going to be over. He's actually already starting work on a new show. I didn't add it here, but I, I, I think I posted it earlier in the week. He's doing like um, some type of wrestling show called Heels, hmm. where him and his brother own like this like small town like wrestling circuit. And uh, he's like the villain, the heel character, and his brother is like the hero character on the show. And I guess the brother character just got um, casted, so... I guess he's already on to his next thing. I'm, I don't know what network that's going to be on. I think I might have posted it, but I, I, I don't recall. I think it could be the CW or maybe um, another network. I'm not 100% on that. Okay. I guess we'll be on the lookout for that one. Yeah. All right, so moving on. Um, so uh, it was uh, it was announced a couple of weeks ago, uh, but uh, it got released, as I think it was as of yesterday, Lego released the Ultimate Collector's Edition series of the Imperial Star Destroyer. Um, this week it's out and now it's out in the stores you can get it uh if you buy walking in the stores uh they, they did an early release if you were a vip um but this thing is out it's huge um it's about 4700 uh pieces it's about uh, 43 inches long now i have the original version of this i think it's uh 100 uh 
81 is the series number. Came out in 2002. Um, it's pretty much the same model, about the same size, but they obviously they added more um, detail to this newer one. Um, it's about 700 bucks. It looks beautiful. I'm actually going to skip out on this. I have every single Ultimate Collector's uh, uh, Lego that's out there, but I'm, I'm actually going to skip this one because I have the original. I'm still in the box. Yeah, it's hard to justify that amount of money for a, the same piece that you already have. Yeah, I just I can't pull the trigger on it. I wish they came out with something different, but uh, it is yeah, what it those is. Those are those are pretty incredible prices for uh, Lego figures. I mean, I understand they're like collector series, but still throwing like a seven dollar price tag on that—that's pretty heavy. It's 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 tough, and you know, you, to, with this price point, I mean, you're only going to get the the hardcore fans of the, you know, of these type of, uh, yeah. And, uh, and how many people at this point, you know, I'm sure if there's anyone like you out there collecting, you know, I'm sure a lot of other people still have the other one as well. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe some of the newer collectors like, you know, toy story who I think was, you know, flirting with the idea of getting it. I don't think he's actually going to do it. You know, he's kind of probably the target audience here for that yeah. the target market. Yeah. Cause the, the one I have, it, it goes for a pretty penny uh, on eBay. Um, I mean, we're we're talking over a grand for it. I I think I saw it was fifteen hundred at the lowest I saw. Um, so yeah, it's 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 crazy. All right. Cool. I didn't hear any of that. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm picking up everything here. Test one. Hello, test. How's that? Is that better? Yeah. Huh. I'm wondering if I picked up any of this. Test test. Yeah, I'm picking stuff up. This is going to be an yeah, interesting... I'm not even using my headphones anymore, so it's not even coming through, like, the Skype. Oh. So, all right. So we're going to continue? Yeah. All right. All right. We'll, we'll the go... inner workings of Don't Feed the Geese. Yeah. We'll... It's a little different when we just have two people here. Um, yeah. So next, uh, very exciting news. Nintendo, um, tomorrow, is uh, they're dropping the remake of The Legend of Zelda Link... Link's Awakening. Uh, that's coming out on the Switch uh, that comes out tomorrow, which would be uh, September 20th. Um, obviously, uh, the show will be um, dropped after that. Uh, but this is a very exciting. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the whole uh, Zelda series. Um, so, uh, yeah, this, this drops tomorrow. Um, I think I'm the one. <laughs> I think I'm the only one in the group that's going to be uh, online tomorrow to get this at the Nintendo store. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm still trying to work through the original Zelda. So I don't know if I told you, but I, so I have that little uh, Nintendo that has like 25 games on it. Yeah. yeah. And um, I got to like, a, I, I finished everything else, but the last boss. And then I, apparently I didn't save it before I did that. <laughs> I thought I saved it, but it didn't overwrite the last one. So like the last three, like, um, you know, castles or whatever didn't get saved. And I was like, well, I don't feel like going through all that again yet. So it's That's... probably going to be a couple more months before I actually go back and ever finish. Cause I never finished the original one from a kid. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. Uh, what's, what's interesting about this one is, uh, Zelda's not even in this one. <laughs> so you're, you're playing link the entire game and Zelda's not even in it. Oh yeah. Cause Zelda's just like the character that you're supposed to see. Right? She's the, it's the princess. Zelda's the princess. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, because the the second game was called Link, right? Uh, Link, yes, it was a scrolling type of game, which I loved. Um, so that one is based on this newer one that's coming out. But it's not. Gotcha. It's not a part of it is scrolling, but most of it is that three quarter, you know, view top view. Uh, but there is some scrolling parts in this, so it's it's gonna be pretty cool. And there's apparently lots of Easter eggs. Mario, Luigi make appearance. Some Goombas make appearance. So it's it's gonna be pretty cool. 
looking we should forward do to a couple of uh, live streams of that for YouTube. Yeah, we might we might do that. We'll see we'll see how that works. Um, yeah. So next bit of news, um, GameStop. GameStop kind is kind of tied into that a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, right. So it was announced this week that GameStop is apparently closing uh, up to 200 stores, underperforming stores around the world. Um, so, you know, I, I'm I'm a big GameStop uh, fan. I you know I I like to go in there. I know they. they... I'm not gonna lie. I kind of saw the writing on the wall with this. You know, with so many people now playing like all these like, how many kids really even play like actual games? Like most of it is, like on a tablet or a device, like downloadable games, and like even on the big systems, a lot of these games can be downloaded. It's it's making like the the storefront kind of almost obsolete it is yeah and the other part of this you know i know they've got a big um the mo- most of their uh GameStop's, um bread and butter is the reselling of used games and you know i brought games i listen i brought games to to sell to them and they 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 give you pennies to what the actual game is worth and then they oh, sell yeah. it for a ton of money so um i would never do that again i'd rather just go on ebay and sell it um, so yeah, I think the first time I did that, I I think it was even before uh, GameStop was big. Do you remember Funko Land? I don't remember that. They were like a, a video game store. They're like, oh, you know, you give us your old games for cash, and then it's like I went in with like twenty games. They're like, yeah, this is worth a dollar twenty-seven. Yeah. I was like, uh, no. And then they're going to tell, <laughs> turn around and sell it. selling it for like you know, $75 yeah. altogether on eBay or something. So, the, you know, this, this announcement is not, you know, in the, in the, in the grand scheme of everything, 200 stores, they've got apparently 5,700 stores globally. So 200 out of that, I don't think it's that much of a big deal. What they're saying in an article I read was um, for every store there is within a five mile radius, there's a second store within that five mile radius. Yeah, uh, that's definitely true. I mean, just in our area, I can think of three or four. I can think of four in a, in a five mile radius. And at yeah. one time where we live, uh, where we live, there's a mall, a big giant mall. There were two of them in that's in the mall mm-hmm. within probably a hundred yards of each other. Yeah. So it, a little ridiculous. So I, I don't see this being a big deal. 200 stores is nothing. Um, maybe we'll get some good deals out of it. Who knows? Um, all right. So moving on. Um, so, uh, Metropolis, I'm a big fan of Metropolis. They announced today that Metropolis, uh, they have a gallery that's, uh, I think it's on. Jim, do you just want to, I don't know if we ever actually dove into what Metropolis is. Do you kind of want to like go into sure. that real quick for people? Sure. Metropolis, um, they're an auction house, right? Would you... Yeah, they're an auction house. They're they're also like kind of like a private, um, almost like a private dealer yeah. of comic books as well. Um, I know you you know they do got the, they've got some huge monster books and, and lots of beautiful uh, original art and a lot of it you have to you have to see it by appointment only. Um, yeah. So they do have a gallery too that's in Midtown, uh, New York. I think it's on forty uh, first and like sixth or in between sixth or seventh like that. I've been there once before. Um, but, uh, what they're doing is they, they have a, an exhibit, uh, which is opens the week of New York comic-con, which is in two weeks. Uh, it's the J Scott Campbell exhibit. It's the guy we love to hate. Um, so his, uh, the gallery opens, uh, Friday, October 4th from, uh, six to nine and it's open to the public. Um, they're going to have about 120 pieces of original art. Um, they're going to have some of his books on display and the show runs until uh, January 31st. So I think this is something we should, we should check out. Um, I think it's, I think it's, I, I like going there cause you can see some other stuff that they got up on the walls. Um, DC, are you, they, um, 
Okay. Are they putting stuff up for for purchase, or is it just going to be kind of like showing it off? They do. I, you know, I went to I went to one of their galleries. It was um, who was it? Uh, Star Wars guy. Uh, we just saw him at Terrificon. Jeez, uh, Carpenter? No, it was one one of the big guys. Okay. Um, he he had a gallery open there, and uh, oh, is it John Cassidy? John, yes, John Cassidy. Um, so he did have some stuff for sale. Um, they had some books. Some of his books were up for sale, and I think there was some art that was for sale too. So I, I don't know what the, you know what Scott's gonna do about that. But it's pretty cool to check out. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure with like the high price tags that his stuff comes for. I mean, if someone's willing to pay, I'm I'm sure he's gonna take offers. Oh hell yeah. It just must... just to clarify, I, I don't know if we've said this before. I feel like we might have, but Metropolis is the um, company that has currently the highest recorded graded copy of Action Comics number one, first appearance of Superman. So they're pretty big in the business. If you've ever been to um, a big con, you'll usually see them. If you're going to New York Comic Con in you know a couple weeks, they usually have a pretty big booth with like all these exuberant books that have you know high hundred thousand or you know you know, million dollar price tags on them. Yeah. It's cool to check out. If you're, if you're ever visiting New York area, um, you can make an appointment to go check them out. Um, it's a pretty cool gallery. Uh, moving on here. Um, TC, why don't you take, uh, the next one? Cause I'm not familiar with that. Sure. So I was looking into kind of like some of the recent news happening in comic books. And I don't think we've mentioned this one before, but I saw, releasing on October 9th, just a little bit after um, New York Comic-Con Madness is over, a new DC Black Label uh, title called Joker Harley Criminal Sanity Number 1. Uh, it's going to be a miniseries to nine, another uh, Black Label. So it's kind of geared more towards adults. The writer on this one was, is Cami Garcia. Not familiar. Not, I'm honestly not sure if that's a girl or a guy. Apologies um, with that person's work, I'm sure. Again, um Bojo would know. So he's, <laughs> if he's listening right now, he'll be like, oh, it's this person. And um, apparently the art's being done by Mike May, who, who I am familiar with, and uh, along with someone named Miko Suwayan. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. It was previously slated that I noticed, so it's a little confusing that Andrea Sorrentino was working on this. I'm not sure if she just did number one and uh, Miko is picking up the rest, but it was a little unclear. Um, I think it might. I think Miko might just be taking over completely for Andrea, um, but it's going to focus kind of on Harley's early career as a young forensic psychiatrist and profiling consultant for the GCPD. Uh, it sounds pretty interesting. It's it sounds like kind of a, almost like an origin story for her. Uh, I like that it's going to be kind of coming from like an adult, um, you know, an adult view. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming we're going to see the culmination of this story being being her transformation from Harley Quinzel um, to Harley Quinn. So that's actually one I'm pretty excited about from the Black Labels. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done this already. Like, cult, you know, had her start out as a forensic psychologist. Like, we haven't seen that story yet. You know, I don't know. I haven't read any of her earlier stuff. Like, I know she had a series um, by Terry Dodson. I'm not sure who wrote that one. It's literally right above my head right now, but I can't see the writer on it. <laughs> and the Batman Harley Quinn, um, like the, kind of the graphic novel, the one by Paul Dini and Yavel uh, Gushit, uh, that one was um, her introduction 
into uh, continuity. Mm-hmm. So I don't know again if like they go into her story then. I've I've never read either of them, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I I have them both, but um yeah, I'm I'm excited to read this one. It seems like a pretty cool idea, and you know she has you know incredible popularity, so I'm sure Absolutely. it'll sell well. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Um, I guess I'll just jump into the next one yeah, too because uh, that one I added as well. Uh, another one I'm excited about is um, Spider-Man 2099. So the whole 2099 universe is kind of making a comeback. I'm not sure if it was at San Diego Comic-Con or the D23 that they kind of teased uh, the return of the 2099 universe. Uh, anyone who's not familiar with like Spider-Man 2099, so there was a future, I think it was like 93 or 94, or in around that time period in the early 90s that they launched this um, Spider-Man 2099 uh, he was uh, his name is Miguel O'Hara, and he's from Nueva York, so a distant future, which we're I guess getting pretty close to at this point. We're only eighty years away from it. <laughs> um, but it's it was pretty cool. It was a different take on Spider-Man. And normally, you know, I'm pretty much a, a Peter Parker purist, but I really enjoyed uh, his storyline. And they wound up breaking off into a lot of other 2099 titles. I think there was like a Hulk title, a Punisher title. I never really read any of those other ones, a Doom title. But um, it seems like this is going to be a big thing. So he's starting off, uh, he's going to come into the Amazing Spider-Man issues in like December, like 33, 34, and 35. And then he's, there's going to be a bunch of one shots. So there's going to be a one, I I literally just posted this on Don't Feed the Geeks today, but there's going to be a bunch of one shots. Uh, he's going to have like an Omega and an Alpha uh, title along with like a Spider-Man 2099, like one shot. Uh, this is going to be um, written by Nick Spencer hmm. and the art by Jose Carlos Silva. And some of the other titles that I saw, I think there was a Doom title, a Doom 2099, a Ghost Rider 2099, Punisher 2099, funny enough, a Conan 2099. Fantastic Four, a few other um, tie-ins, but I'm hoping that this leads into another relaunching of the 2099 universe because he, we've seen the last time they did Spider-Man 2099, it was in like the present, which I think he's starting in, but I think he's going back to 2099 to kind of like try and save his future. So okay. it seems interesting. I hope we see get to see him go back to that world again and like kind of take off from there. But, um, yeah, anyone who's into Spider-Man, uh, definitely worth checking out Spider-Man 2099 if you've never gotten into it. Or this might even be a good time to start it now. Uh, again, that comes out in December. Nice. Yeah. So pretty pumped for that. All right. All right. Uh, last part of our news. Um... Yeah. A little, a little off. Not, not so much <laughs> geek, but uh, kind of geek news i read about this at the beginning of the week but uh the u.s navy confirms that uh three ufo videos uh released last year uh, one from 2004 and two from 2015 were authentic uh but the footage was never made public um so yeah this well, is meant to be made public right <laughs> it, it kind of leaked yeah um a little crazy you know i'm i i spent uh i spent some time in the navy um i did a few uh um, a few uh, West packs. I was a West Coast sailor, so I've done uh, some six-month deploy. Uh, not not six-month, uh, nine nine to ten-month deployments uh, to the Persian Gulf, and I will confirm that we have tracked some weird stuff. Um, so I I I believe this story. I'm a full believer of UFOs and 
everything else. Uh, one story, I'll do, I'll do this really quick, but my ship, we were in the middle of the Indian Ocean, and um, I got, you know, I got probably 20, 30 guys who confirmed this with me. Or not confirm it, who knows. Um, but we did track a weird, in the middle of the Indian Ocean, nothing, thousands of miles, nothing around us. We tracked something, and on our ship, we had a guided missile uh, launcher, and there's a laser on that. Um, that that's how we track things. And um, our, where I worked, I worked next to the combat, the CIC, which is the Combat Information Center. And uh, that's where all the radars are. And I was in the room at the time that this all went, went down. But when we hit, when they hit it with the laser, um, this thing took off straight up out, gone. Wow. Um, and, you know, we all kind of looked at each other and, you know, there was no logs made of it. There was nothing. So you move <laughs> on. And I've heard stories. This is not the first time I've heard things about this. So I'm a big believer in this. Um, we can't I mean, be, we I, can't I, be I feel like ones. I don't discount any possibility of like, <laughs> otherworldly intelligent life but is a lot of this stuff chalked up to like kind of like maybe like test stuff or like you know enemy uh enemy devices you know their secret devices that they don't think anyone can see and they get spotted and they jet out of there it it most likely could be i mean yeah that's you know yeah uh, obviously but, that, but, it, but but it's fun to assume it's aliens it's i i that's why i love it that's why i love this type of stuff because you you know, we can't be the only ones, but it's always that, that what if, you know? Yeah. So, well, you know, we'll see if this, you know, gets bigger. I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> interesting. So I just realized that we didn't say in the beginning that this is actually an interview episode. Oh, well, there we go. You just <laughs> so, said it. Um, so I think that we didn't have any more news at this point, right? Did you nope. have anything else? Nope. I think that was enough. We've it was more than we know. This is more than we normally have. Yeah, I think there's a good amount of stuff. Yeah. So um, we actually have an interview today. Interesting guy, Stephen Biscotti. He's uh, he's the founder of Universal Monsters Universe, host of Saturday morning, host of the Saturday Morning Superman Show, uh, part of the Royal Collectibles family. Uh, cool guy. Um, I'll let him explain all that stuff because he'll do a much better job than I will of it. So uh, next now, we're going to have our next now, <laughs> we're going to have our interview with Stephen Biscotti. Very cool interview today. Uh, the founder of Universal Monsters Universe, host of the Saturday Morning Superman show and part of the Royal Collectibles family, Mr. Stephen Biscotti. Stephen, thank you for joining us. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That was so All impressive. Right, Stephen. So we have met you a couple times. times. Uh, you know, we're we're frequently in the royal uh booth or store uh we we love going there uh, it's one of our favorite shops uh, around and uh we've seen you there a few times we know you're involved we know you're into some geek culture i can see from this video feed that no one else but the three of us can see is you've got uh, quite a few things behind you there that are pretty cool so like all our other guests how about you give us your geek origin story your <laughs> geek origin story <laughs> Well, it began uh, 30 years ago. I, I rocketed to Earth uh, from a doomed planet, <laughs> and and I crash landed in in Forest Hills, Queens. And uh, no, but uh, yeah, no, I uh, I grew up uh, with a family that loved you know. I just want to let you know that's the first Superman origin story we've gotten. Absolutely. We've gotten two Spider-Man ones so far. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it you know, it, it's really I, I grew up in a family that loved uh, the classic monsters and loved comic books and loved, you know, all the movies. And they, you know, uh, from my grandfather and uh, from my mom and dad, uh, they really imparted their their enjoyments and their pleasures uh, to me. And and so it was really one of those things that growing up in Forest Hills, um, I was right at that age where uh, Royal Collectibles, uh, my my local comic shop, uh, they were opening, and uh, they've been around for about thirty years now. And uh, my grandfather would take me in, you know, on weekdays and and weekends, and we'd go in. And uh, where they were, uh, it was still on Metropolitan Avenue in Forest Hills, but uh, it wasn't in the location that they're at now. And uh, I would go in, and you know, I would just go through a long box with them, and. You know, we'd look at the covers and pretty much anything from like Superman to Batman to Spider-Man to, you know, the Valiant stuff and like Malibu comics, like Nightman. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody remembers Nightman, but like Nightman, he had a comic book, he had a TV show. He was like a jazz player. And I mm -hmm. loved all of that stuff. I did. And uh, it's something that's Fortunately, always... I remember Zach. Uh, I don't know. Bojo, we call him. Uh, you know him from uh, you probably know him from Best Comics. He's uh, he would definitely know who Nightman is. I'm I'm disappointed he's not here to discuss Nightman. <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing he's not here because it would it would be a one long ass show. <laughs> yeah, I um, <laughs> I mean Nightman really, but um, but yeah. So I grew up with all of that stuff, and uh, you know I I loved Marvel and I loved DC and and again like classic monsters and. So it was about six years ago, uh, six years ago, uh, coming this October, um, I, w I was in, you know, I was shopping around and Charlie, who worked there, uh, he's the father of Chuck, who's the co-owner with Mike Giordano, who, uh, and, th and they both run the shop. Uh, he said, like, Steve, like, you know, like, do you want to help us out for New York Comic Con? And to me, that's one of those, like, dream, you know, offers where if anybody ever asks you if you want to help out at, at a thing like comic-con it's always going to be a resounding yes no matter oh, what you're doing no matter where you are you say yes and i did and uh at the end of like the real like a really crazy you know like week of like just like getting you know the booth prepared and and all of that uh i came out and uh we were like wrapping up and we were in the car going home and he was like you know like steve like you know like did you want to work here and at the time I was working at another job. So I would come at like when I would like get out of that other job, I would run up, you know, I'd work there for a few hours. And then there came a point where I had the opportunity to really choose between one or the other. And, and I chose Royal and, and it's a decision that I, I, I really am so happy that I made. And it was at Royal that really began uh, my love of Superman. And, and especially in regards to, collecting Superman and becoming the Superman fan that I am uh, because it was back in 23 it was like around 2013 early 2013 uh, we got these promo bookmarks uh, that said like the essential reads you know to prepare you yes for Man I remember Steel. that <laughs> that's and about had... the same year I got into comic books like fully as I am today really so what year was it that you did the comic-con with them uh, it was, uh, 2013. Yeah, it was 2013. Wow. Uh, actually, uh, 20, uh, 20, yeah, 2013, 20, yeah, 2013. Yeah. I had to think for a second. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, 2013. Yeah. I started that year. 
It was the 75th anniversary of Superman that year at New York Comic Con, yes. and uh, yes. and that was my first one. That's awesome. So, so what's your current role at Royal right now? Right now, uh, I I help you know run and 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 manage the place, and uh, especially like since we've opened up a second location in Royal Royal's uh, Astoria, uh, I help really just uh, help manage along with uh, with the, uh, the rest of everybody else. Uh, also, probably one of the bigger responsibilities that I have is I quite proudly run uh, the Royal Collectibles Instagram page. And uh, I love Instagram. I love social media. And uh, I love having fun with people, be it by posting like an ad for like the 90s spawn toys to get people talking <laughs> or, you know, just fun stuff like weekly, you know, videos on like the latest comic books to check out, uh, new merchandise that I think is highlight worthy and stuff like that. I think that's how uh, our interaction started with uh, all the comments I make on all the Royal Collectibles uh, posts. It's just like, I remember, I think it was at the Criticon, I was like, is, is he the guy who makes a lot of those Long Island Comic Con posts? I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, that's, that, that's, that's me. At least it was at the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we really love Royal. My, my favorite thing about Royal is like, you can tell it has a very family atmosphere. Like, you go in that store, you know, you're very welcome. Uh, the first time I went in there, I, I know you know our friend uh, Tom Polari. He brought oh, yeah. me in the first time, and it's just like I think I must have spent. You know, I don't want to say over the air in case my wife ever hears this, but I spent quite a deal of money. <laughs> She's not listening. <laughs> Picked up a lot of Spider Man. Um, it was uh, it was great. It was a great experience, and I've always come back. You know, I feel like you're never gonna get swindled at Royal Collectibles. Like you go in there and you kind of feel safe. It's like a, it's a safe place for collectors. And that's my favorite thing about, you know, buying and, you know, going to them for advice. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, 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 From when we first started and uh, the family environment and, and, and the fact that it's a family run business and it's and it's a mom and pop shop in in a sense, and that they've been in business for so long uh, that they survived throughout the '90s when the bottom dropped out for a lot of comic book shops, and even up until like about like 10 years ago, where a lot of local ones were closing up. Um, it's been really reward rewarding to me as somebody that started going there as a customer uh, to see how well they're doing, and uh, now to kind of almost be in the kitchen and to see how the, like the secret sauce is made. Uh, it's something that I, I really consider a great honor because, you know, I, I do love comic books. And like I said, you know, from the first time when my grandfather took me into the shop uh, to be a part of that and to be a part of a culture that really embraces all aspects of fandom and is very supportive of one another and, it, and is there for one another. Uh, it's a unique environment to be in. And uh, I, I'm really fortunate to to have that environment where it's very stimulating to me um creatively and and it's also uh you know it helps line you know my wa wallet a little bit so i can buy <laughs> you know stuff like the like the fleischer uh cryptozoic you know superman statue and stuff like that, that. and sense. pretty much i think like if you see like behind me I, th I think the majority of all of my superman stuff uh bar maybe like just like two or three items it's all from royal and uh that's another cool thing to think that like everything that that I love really comes through that shop. And it's great that they can just pay you in Superman stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just you know, like weekly, weekly Superman books, hot toys, yeah. premium formats. That's it. Mike, I, I don't need anything else. <laughs> <laughs>
That, that's hilarious. Um, so it, it's cool that you, how you said that it's kind of been like a generational thing, like, you know, from your parents and even your grandfather kind of inspiring you to do this stuff. So your parents and grandparents' daughters are okay to get you into like the monster universe pretty early, huh? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, my grandfather, you know, you, you have to consider that that like this was a man that was a kid. And uh, I, I mean, like he grew up with them and he saw... Uh, these films like Dracula and, and Frankenstein when they were in the movie theaters and yeah, he was absolutely. a part of that 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 birth uh, of these classic cinema icons that, that we now really just uh, readily take for granted in a lot of ways especially like come Halloween season and and you just think of things like Frankenstein and the Wolfman and the Mummy and uh, I, I you know some of my early memories of him uh, he would like have his coat and he would like pull it up around his nose and he would do the Dracula thing. And uh, <laughs> they were always films that I that I enjoyed through him. And, and it was really uh, my father, uh, his favorite universal monster was always the Wolfman. And every Halloween, uh, like he would dress up as the Wolfman. He had like the um, like the American Werewolf in London makeup kit that, oh, wow. that had released and uh and my mom, I would watch like every Halloween, like my mom transformed my father into a werewolf. And <laughs> I remember it was one of the scariest things ever. Like I would watch my father go from, uh, you know, is he man or monster? Is he both? Uh, Hulk reference for everyone. Uh, <laughs> I would watch my dad become a werewolf and I would be so scared by the end of it that like I didn't want to go near him. I didn't want him to hug me. And I would I, I would be so terrorized by this by the iconography of the makeup from a 1941 film and uh and it, that just was a part of me growing up and and i was born in 1989 so the 90s were were a big decade for the universal monsters where they had everything from like early sideshow uh collectibles action figures and and burger king had a lot of tie-ins with them where they had a lot of like throwback remco figures and uh, it was inescapable. And, and for somebody that loved, you know, all of that stuff, it, you know, it was such a great uh, time to be a part of. And uh, growing up where, where you know, uh, we have something like the Internet and we have blogging and we have podcasting and, and social media, it just really helped me, you know, connect with a whole lot of other people that, that love it and, and hopefully able to contribute a few things new to it that uh, – that maybe other people aren't talking about. So how did this turn cool. into uh, you doing Universal Monsters Universe? Is that the correct uh, name of it, Universal Monsters Universe? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's funny because sometimes people call it like Universal Monster Universe, but yeah, no, you got it right, Universal Monsters Universe. Uh, so it's interesting. So a lot of the things that, that I enjoy and, and that I find myself a part of uh, really came through Royal. And... You know, like I said, like I started working there six years ago, and Mike, who who's the co-owner, he's a Superman fanatic, uh, Spider-Man fanatic, and he's a completist where he has every issue, uh, every statue, every, everything. Yeah, you you could think of, and and so his uh, <laughs> fandom and him being a completist uh, was really imparted onto me with Superman, where I I started to think about like, well, how could I collect it? Uh, but also, Royal really helped. Uh, uh, introduced me to a lot of really great customers who became really great friends of mine. And it was uh, probably about like somebody who came in, he ran a blog and uh, he was looking for somebody to write for him. And uh, Diane, who works there, said, you know, you might want to talk to Steve. He went to school, he majored in English, and this is something that he really wants to do. And, and 
maybe him could work something out. Uh, so I began collaborating with him for for a little bit. And Sorry, Steve, you're cutting in and out. And, a little. and, and, and yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me just adjust this then. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to go back and just restart that, or no, I think you're uh, all right. j- you you can go on. Just just tell us how um who it was that kind of approached you. I think that was the name we missed there. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Diane had introduced me to a customer at Royal, and his name is Chuck Stiffel. He runs the site called whatyourreading.com, and uh, he talked about comics, uh, comic reviews, uh, movies, all stuff like that. And and I started uh, Toy Fair, and I was able to attend Comic-Con as a press, and, and I got to really enjoy that. And it was in 2015... Yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Steve. You're, a you're... film series that I really love, uh, Mission Impossible movie series with Tom Cruise, and that was right around the time that Mission Impossible. Yeah, you cut out. Again. I was writing everything about it. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. You want to? I think it might be the the video feed. Are you wanna, sorry. Are you want technical a, difficulties? Are you want to? Are you want to? <laughs> Do you want me connection? to just go to uh, to microphone? Would that be easier? Do you want to try that out? It doesn't matter. Can you can you even hear me? I can I, barely hear you. Very low. Uh, hmm. All right, we'll try that out. No. No. All right, continue on. You can continue on. Okay. Uh, so she introduced me to this person. And I asked him if I could champion a movie series that I really wanted to write about, and that was Mission Impossible. And I was writing about it uh, so authoritatively that it actually caught the attention of the director, Christopher McQuarrie. And um, he would favorite, uh, like, and like retweet a lot of articles that I wrote. And uh, it was like one night I got like a few direct messages from him on Twitter where I was just cool. thanked for like everything that I was doing for it. And I actually ended up getting to go to a friends and family screening of Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. And I got to meet him, and I got to meet Tom Cruise, and uh, they actually mailed to my house a, a thank you gift, which was a letter and a and a signed poster. And uh, it was a little after that that talk of a Mummy reboot happened, and there was talk that Tom Cruise was going to be a part of it. And this was before any Dark Universe news or anything like that. And I looked over, uh, you know, all the stuff that was coming out and thinking, wow, you know, it would be really cool to have like a blog for this. And, you know, I hadn't seen anybody else talk about it or talk about it in the way that people were talking about like the MCU or the DCEU. And I thought, well, like imagine being the person that creates like the Instagram account or a, a blog for like the Marvel Cinematic Universe circa 2010 when Iron Man 2 came out. And yeah. imagine if they're still running it today with like Infinity War and Endgame and where they could be with that fandom if only they started it back then instead of jumping into it now. Uh, so my friend who I, uh, who I creative, uh, who, who's one of my creative partners, his name's Joe, uh, we started to talk about it and, and we often joke that it was, a, it, it was a kitchen conversation, an idea where he was over my house and I said to him, you know what, I, I think we should do this and at the time, it went through where I was thinking about maybe buying like a domain name and seeing if then maybe Universal had to just come to me later on and say, hey, look, you know, we got to buy this from you. There was all of that stuff that I was like really getting into and reading about. Uh, but he was the one that pushed me to create an actual site and to build uh, social media extensions for it. 
And we did. Uh, we started a year before The Mummy came out in 2016. And uh, we started talking about it so much that we once again caught the attention of a lot of the cast and crew. And it became a weekly thing where every week uh, we would chronicle the production of the movie and we would talk about uh, what the cast and crew were up to. And a lot of people on the set would send us photos and sound bites and stuff like that that nobody else had. And uh, Sophia Butella, who played the mummy in that, uh, she was also in Kingsman and Star Trek Beyond. Uh, she was like, she would text us stuff and and send us pictures, and it was this surreal experience to be really just some kid from Queens uh, <laughs> who was writing a blog about something that that people were really responding to, and it was in 2017, May of 2017, uh, that we first got an email from Universal asking if they could speak with the person running the site, and I was very excited <laughs> but also very nervous. And uh, uh, we scheduled a, um, a phone uh, chat. And uh, that whole day, I was like walking on like pins and needles where I was like, oh my God, like this is going <laughs> to sure. be great or this is going to be terrible. Yeah. And uh, so the person who called said, you know, uh, we really enjoy what you're doing. And, and normally in situations like these, you know, it could go in one of two ways. We could either say, look, uh, we like what you're doing, but you got we got to ask you to shut it down. Or we could really encourage you and ask you if you want to be a part of the Universal Studios digital family. And uh, they they brought after a few phone conversations and stuff like that, they brought Universal Monsters Universe into the digital family uh, wing of Universal Studios, and we began to cover it in a very official way where Universal would then provide us with information and send us official images as opposed to us having to scour online for stuff like that. And um, we got to go to the New York City premiere of the movie and we got to speak with several people from like the director to the whole cast in person. And uh, it was a really wonderful experience to be a fan of it from the time that I was a kid to then be an adult where I'm writing about it, but I'm also interacting with the people that are now taking care of this series. Uh, it was really surreal and really humbling, and it really just started out of my desire to cover a Universal Monster movie and really just to cover a Tom Cruise movie. And um, now we're, we have The Invisible Man that comes out uh, in about five months, comes out in February 2020, and we're basically doing the same thing. They just wrapped filming uh, last week, and we've been able to talk to Lee Wan L, the director. He did a movie called Upgrade, and he also did uh, like the first Saw movie. And he's <laughs> friends with James Wan. And uh, we've gotten to speak with people that that are working on the film and and people that are starring in it. And uh, yet again, we find ourselves in this very surreal place where we're getting to interact uh, with people that we're fans of, and it's uh, really um, very fan uh, friendly and very. Uh, as a fan, really, honestly, it's, it's surreal. That's, that's really the, the best way that I could describe it. That's, a, that's really awesome. I mean, that's kind of like the dream almost, right? To be involved in something you love. It's kind of what I think inspired us to like do what we're doing also, you know? Absolutely. Like we had a, a similar thing where we had a conversation, you know, in like a car ride back from a convention where it's like, we should just do something. Like we just want to be more involved. Like, you know, we love this stuff. You know, we want to take it to kind of the next level, but uh, it's it's cool that you know that that turned out that way. It's uh, it's awesome that you're having like you know they're like hey we like what you're doing you know we want you to do more we want you to be involved like they took you like under the umbrella which is which is pretty awesome. 
Yeah, it's something that that I, you know, I've never had any experience like that before. And and again, you know, I, I can't stress enough that, you know, between me and, and the people that I have helping me run the, the social media extensions and, and even co- writing stuff for me for the site, you know, we're all just fans of this stuff, but we all have our other things that we do. And uh, to think that like a, a studio recognizes that um, it's almost unheard of. Uh, there was a story that I heard of somebody that was a big uh, like alien predator fan, and he had like a really sizable Instagram account. And I heard that like 20th Century Fox at one point uh, were trying to like shut down like his Instagram, and like he basically was saying, "Look, like you know, I'm like giving you like free promotion and stuff like that." And so to have like the flip side of that like equation where Universal was really so good to me and and generous to all of us that were doing it, uh, it stands out and it and it just really. It's very encouraging and 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 really just you know I I just can't support you know those movies enough and and whenever anybody comes into Royal I'm always ready to have a conversation about <laughs> it and, you know offer little nuggets of information that I do happen to have and uh, it, it's really just so cool. It's uh it's definitely one of those kind of closer to home like follow your dream stories like you know it's easy to you know hear that from like Arnold Schwarzenegger or you know some big star you know when they're so you know so far ahead of everyone else. But, you know, this is kind of a a follow your dream story, too, which is awesome. Yeah. And and I have to, you know, again, I have to plug Royal Collectibles again because, you know, I happen to be fortunate where when a lot on the show, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth that, you know, I happen to find myself at a creative point where I wanted to talk about the things that I love and I wanted to write about the things that I love. And honestly, if I found myself anywhere else, I really wouldn't have the time for it, but I wouldn't have the encouragement for it. And because they're a family uh, unit and and that they all get fandom and they all get uh, the desire to create, uh, they were very supportive of me from the beginning. And, and uh, you know, even now it, it's remarkable where, you know, especially over this past year with Invisible Man filming, uh, there were days where I'd be at work and I'd get like an email or like a notification that like something has to go up. And, you know, like we all talk about entertainment. We all understand the idea of like breaking news. And like sometimes if you get to be the person to break news, uh, it, it does wonders for your following and just for the legitimacy of what you're doing and what you're putting out there. And and from Mike and and Diane and, and really everybody there, they'd be like, no, Steve, like go off, like go downstairs, use our computer if you need to type something up. And, you know, if you need to post something on Instagram right now, just go for it. And um and really, I have to credit all of the success that I've had. It's really been so much to them and and really their their positive positivity and their encouragement of just allowing me to do uh, what I want to do and, and what I want to pursue. That's awesome. I mean, I, I, you didn't even need to tell me that for me to know that those guys were, were great people and supportive people. Uh, but it seemed that you didn't have a busy enough plate, so you decided to launch a podcast as well about Superman. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I you know, it's it's so odd because right now I f- happen to find myself where, you know, we're gearing up for New York Comic Con at Royal, uh, but it's also been a very busy year and uh, my responsibilities there have tremendously increased, especially as we've opened up a second store in Astoria. Uh, so I've got a store that I'm helping to run and uh, I've got a site where I have to put out almost daily content, you know, across everything. And, and we're w- working alongside a film production. 
And yeah, what do I go off and say that I need to do now, but create a <laughs> podcast and record episodes and now <laughs> jump into that whole arena. And uh, yeah, that brings us to Saturday morning Superman show. All right. So, uh, so I've, I've listened to the first one so far. I haven't gotten a chance to listen to episode two. So why don't you tell everyone like a little bit about what Saturday morning Superman uh, podcast is about? Because you'll do a much better job explaining it than I will. <laughs> <laughs> you are a Superman guy, though. Well, t- hold on. You, you, you are a Superman. No, I said you, you are a Superman guy. So I feel like if you were to talk about it, you could definitely service it pretty well. Yeah, but I. So I know it's very. Uh, <laughs> it's mostly about the animated series, right? It is. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm a big fan of of Bruce Tim. Uh, it's something that Tom Pilari, uh and I normally always talk about, uh, especially with Batman the animated series. And uh, I love his like the simplicity. Yet, like his line work is so simplistic, but it's so iconic and timeless. And whether you like Batman from the comic books or the movies or the cartoons, you know, you look at his Batman, and that's Batman. Same could be said for Superman. And it was really over the past couple of years that I really felt like Superman, the animated series, wasn't being championed in the way that I I wanted to see it being championed. And I I didn't see people talking about it. I didn't see people really posting about it uh, in in as loving a way as, as so many people do for Batman. And it was earlier this year in May where somebody had come in, and uh, it's another friend of mine uh, from Royal. Uh, he's a fireman. He started out in the police department. He's now in the fire department, and and he's a real hero, and uh, he's a real Superman. And uh, he was saying, like, yeah, Steven, you should do, like, a Superman show. And, and you know, I didn't really take it seriously. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I am going to do a Superman show. And if I were to do a Superman show, it would air on Saturday mornings, and it would be about <laughs> Superman in animation across generations and I went home and I started to really think about it and like the idea kind of took hold of me and I was like you know what I always wanted to do a podcast and I think I could do this and nobody else is really talking about Superman in animation uh, like they are about Batman and there's a few people out there that are uh, but they're only focusing on certain areas of it. And so I thought, let me do Superman the animated series. Let me do Superman the Max Fleischer series. Let me do the Ruby Spears cartoon, Super Friends, and all of that. And I'll have hopefully enough material that I could conceivably run on for X amount of seasons and and really not grow stale and offer something that's very authoritative but very friendly uh, to fans and and to non-fans and... Ultimately, if I could create a Superman show uh, that brings to life the ideals and the standards and the and the family friendliness of like the original radio show, uh, but bring it to 2019 standards, uh, which would be a podcast. Uh, I really want to do that. And and I think so far, everybody that's helped me along the way has helped give me the exact kind of Superman show that I'd want to listen to as a fan. That's a cool idea. I I. I have noticed that, you know, obviously everyone loves Batman, the animated series. You know, I was a big fan. I did also watch the Superman one. It it just seemed that, you know, Batman's always got more love than Superman. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there now. It's like He's he's the more glamorous character, even though uh, Superman's kind of the hero that all the other heroes look up to, I feel like. That's how I kind of like to describe him to people. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think especially after like the Dark Knight trilogy, Batman was launched to this like place that I don't think he's ever been uh, as big as he is now. Uh, and you're coming off of like the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo run and and so many great artists and writers that are really contributing to this legacy and to this mythology. And uh, it's funny because the thing is, I, I was always a Batman guy. I, you know, I loved Keaton. You know, I liked Kilmer. Uh, I, you know, I kind of grew up, it, it's strange because the thing is I grew up in the shadow of the Christopher Reeve movies. So mm -hmm. it wasn't until I was a little older that I really discovered them and I really fell in love with them. Uh, but Batman, uh, was coming out, you know, all throughout my childhood. And yeah. so Batman, uh, especially with the animated series, it was always there and I always loved Batman. And, uh, I was a fan from like 97 when Batman and Robin came out to 2005 when Batman Begins came out. And people kind of forget that Batman was in the gutter at that time. Yeah. People didn't like him. People weren't talking about him like they are now. And uh, so where Batman is, he, he really has surpassed Superman in a lot of ways. But, you know, Superman's the granddaddy of, of them all. You know, 1938, you know, he started the whole thing. And uh, and I oh, boy, do I love Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Oh, man, that's awesome. So I know there's one other kind of uh, thing I, I've noticed you were into. Uh, you're a big Alien fan. I, you, from your post, I've seen like a whole Alien-inspired room that you have there. Uh, that's true. Is that, was that just kind of like another monster flick to you? Like how did that uh, – how did you get into that franchise? Yeah, so for me, you know, I grew up uh, with my dad showing me like all of the Arnold movies and all of like the Stallone movies. And so I was an I, I was an action movie kid. You know, I, I watched Predator. I watched Terminator 2. Mm -hmm. And uh, like one of my earliest memories was that I think I was in like kindergarten and uh, my mom comes in and she's like says to my like dad, like like, like to my, my my dad, my father's name is Ralph. She's like, Ralph, like, what are you showing him? And like I turn to my mom and I'm like, oh, he's just like a robot. And like I'm like like kid <laughs> talking about all of that. Like like I can't even say the name robot right. But yeah. you know, I just was so excited by it. And and to me, like Arnold and Stallone and all of these guys were like action figures coming to life. I was oh, a big E-Man kid. And yeah. so like you're seeing real life action figures that that are uh, people that are larger than life just put out like the coolest movies ever. And so Alien, uh, specifically Aliens, it was a James Cameron movie, and he did True Lies, and he did Terminator 2. He did Terminator, he did Terminator 2, which which I think is one of the best movies of all time, one of the uh, biggest action movies of all time. And so Aliens, I was totally in love with, and I love the, like, the monster design of the Xenomorphs, but I was so in love with Sigourney Weaver, and... She was kind of carrying that torch at the time that uh, Linda Hamilton was with uh, the Sarah Connor role. Yeah, 100%. And, um, we had more action figures, I think, for the Aliens movies than Terminator. And so I remember, like, routinely going to, like, KB's and, and like, Play World and, like, Toys R Us and, and, like, picking out, like, an alien figure. And so I had an Ellen Ripley Kenner action figure, and I, I, I had it all, like, I'd always play with it, carry to school, all that kind of stuff. And uh, when I was about like eight, I think I was like eight or nine, I met Sigourney Weaver. She was filming a movie a few blocks away from my house. And, you know, we just walked up and, and we didn't really have to wait long. And she kind of came out and, you know, I approached her and I was a kid and she she couldn't have been nicer. And I was totally starstruck and speechless <laughs> and, 
you know, like, like really like, you know, my, like my cheeks were blushing red and I <laughs> like, you know, seeing like the, it, it was such a weird thing because like, so I grew up like enamored by Ellen Ripley on screen and now like I'm meeting her and I'm a kid and, you know, there's a there's a lot to be said for when you're a kid and you're meeting people or you're reading about things in comic books or you're seeing things. Uh, you're very impressionable, but you're very open to these bigger universes. And it, it was so wild to meet the the person who who brought Ellen Ripley to life. And, and she signed uh, an alien book and, and she couldn't have been nicer. And so it was a few years ago when like NECA started re uh, releasing like action figures there really wasn't a lot of like ripley merchandise out there so i thought you know what let me just collect everything sigourney weaver uh aliens related and uh i started doing that and that kind of became like where i had like every single figure and every single funko pop and and the sideshow hot toys and <laughs> and like everything ripley sigourney weaver you name it it's like a superman thing like anything it doesn't matter whether it's a pog or, or a pencil case or uh or a t-shirt or a pin anything with her on it i'll buy kind of like <laughs> how i am with superman and uh i'll have to talk to mike over at cape justice he needs to make uh aliens or sigourney weaver uh pin <laughs> he does normally i've been wearing uh almost every single day i wear one of mike's uh superman animated series pins and i have his like superman the movie pins but uh but i love his superman animated ones and there's nobody else that has that stuff out there he's so cool yeah, he's a good guy. We're we're planning on talking to him later in the year. I know uh might mentioned to you we have uh looking at kind of help out that Superman celebration going on. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we're we're looking to get more involved with that and uh hoping to pull all the Superman fans out there into that. But uh, you know, we'll we'll go more into that on a later date. Yeah. All right. So I really have one more thing that I want to give you a chance here. So, you know, you ever seen that meme where the guy's like, he says something and trying to convince me otherwise? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this like, is like, your uh, chance. Yeah. That, so I'm going to say Brie Larson's performance as Captain Marvel <laughs> is robotic, emotionless, and, dry, and a dry interpretation. Convince me otherwise. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because the thing is, like, like so right now, as, as you both guys could see, like, uh, it's almost like like a pharaoh being buried in a pyramid with, like, all the things that he loves. <laughs> I've got Superman to the right of me. I've got Ripley to the left of me. I've got Captain Marvel in my Brie Larson box, like, somewhere over here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I, so I wasn't always a big uh, Captain Marvel fan, to be quite honest with you. And it was a character that... You know, I enjoyed because I do like sci-fi. I'm a big Star Trek guy. I'm a big Star Wars fan. And so having a cosmic superhero definitely spoke to my interests like the Hulk did in regards to him being a monster. Uh, but it was something about like when the movie was coming out that I just I liked what they were showing on screen. And I liked that we were seeing uh, another side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we really hadn't seen before other than like maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm a big sucker for cosmic stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh I, 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 you know, I'm familiar with Brie Larson and, and like, you know, with like Scott Pilgrim and Freefall and, um, and like Kong Skull Island. And, you know, I, I don't really, uh, I, 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 I quite like her very much. And, uh, when I saw the movie, I, I really, 
just I dug her performance so much. And I say it to a lot of people because I'm almost I, I wear like a Captain Marvel shirt at least once a week. So I'm always like I've, I've got like that poster board at work where like I'm always talking about it. <laughs> um, and you see, the thing is, like, uh, first, I will say that, like, I can't remember a Marvel movie within recent memory that came out X amount of months ago, and I'm still that hyped about it. Like, I still want to talk about Captain Marvel, and I'm still, you know, like, just like enjoying that whole picture. And, um, well, I want to cut you off. I, I didn't <laughs> dislike the movie, I, I enjoyed it kind of in spite of her performance. It just seemed something was off. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know what it was, and I, you know, we had a whole episode where we had this debate, and it's just like I don't know if she was directed to to perform that way because I mean I've seen some of the stuff that you mentioned I haven't seen her at Kong Island, but I don't dislike you know some of her other performances. This just seemed so weird, like it seemed like she was like almost ro- like supposed to be a robot or she's like. I was like, oh, so maybe she's not human. Maybe this is how, like, whatever race she's from <laughs> behaves. Yeah. Maybe she is a Cree. So it's yeah, just I, strange. Yeah, I, uh, I, I rewatched uh, RoboCop uh, about a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, just like, I love RoboCop again. I love oh, all those 80s 100%. movies. And uh, one of the films that uh, the directors, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, had cited that, that they were inspired by was RoboCop and Alex Murphy's Journey. Uh, from Cobb to Robocop to back to Alex Murphy. And if you go back and kind of watch Captain Marvel closely alongside Robocop, there's this whole kind of like journey of discovery where it's very robotic and very emotionless uh, that I find connects to that film quite well. Uh, I mind you, like, I'm not saying this is better than Paul Verhoeven's Robocop because nothing's going to top that. But <laughs> I bought more into this kind of like fish out of water story where she's ju- like she's a human, but she doesn't know she's human. Uh, she believes, you know, like like she's a part of like the Cree, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, she's a part of Star Force and she doesn't have any memory of her past. And so it's kind of like this very much this uh, one note of like, you know, I'm part of Star Force, you know, I'm a soldier, that's it. And it's very, you know, live or die, you know, by this mantra. And so I enjoyed that aspect of the movie. Because uh, again, it did remind me a little bit of RoboCop, where she's discovering her abilities and rediscovering her confidence. Uh, and I do like the snarkiness. I like the the snarkiness and the sarcasm and the wittiness of it. It's, it's kind of like Tony Stark, but not like Tony Stark. And, um, and I'm all for snarkiness and, um, and sarcasm. You can ask JJ here. He'll yep. definitely, yep. <laughs> he'll definitely agree to that. Absolutely. But I, I don't know. It was just, it was just where I, I, I'll be honest. I have only watched it the one time. Um, I'm going <laughs> to take, gotta change that man. You I'm going to give it a watch and with your comments in mind, but we'll see. I'm not convinced 100% yet. <laughs> I think for me, one of the things that I do like about it is like the behind the scenes aspects. So like the first scene where she, she where she w- awakes on Hala and she like gets up out of her bed and she looks at the city. She's in like a white tank top and the outfit that she's wearing is very similar to uh, what Sarah Connor's wearing when uh, you first get introduced to her in T2 when she's in the hospital. Yeah. And so like I thought like, oh man, like I get that visual cue. And then... There's a lot of like RoboCop stuff like throughout the movie and especially with like the memory flashbacks and stuff like that, that it was like, oh, like this is kind of like RoboCop. 
And uh, also, she kind of oddly reminded me a lot of like a live action Buzz Lightyear, especially from <laughs> Toy Story One, where like Buzz is like on the bed and he totally believes everything that he that he that about himself, and he's like completely wrong. And like, there's that whole early scene where she's like talking to Fury about like Star Force and Kree and all of that. And it sounds like so ridiculous. And she doesn't believe that like he can't believe her. And so it's kind of like that like silliness of like Buzz Lightyear that I really enjoyed that they brought to it. So there were a lot of like outside things that, uh, that going into it and watching it that I really enjoy. And um, I mean, look, they play No Doubt and have a big action sequence. And I'm a No Doubt fan. I love Gwen Stefani. And so we agree she's a robot. <laughs> we agree that uh she's similar to RoboCop. Okay. Gotcha. She's RoboCop. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to give it another watch. But cooler gonna, than RoboCop. And, and I'm going to take your uh your comments into account when I watch it again and uh and I'll let you know. We'll have a follow-up episode. So, JJ, were you going to say something? So, Sorry. So yeah, I I got to watch it a couple times and I still don't like it. Oh man, you, you got to tell me why why you don't like it. I it, love it, hearing from people that don't like it because I really I really am so interested. You it, know, it, it's it's everything that T. Well, I'm pretty loud here. It's everything that TC said. Just very robotic. I I recently just watched Kong, the King Kong movie that she was in, and mm -hmm. it it still didn't change my mind about her. I just don't think she's a very good actress. It's just she it just there's no there's no. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like emotion. You know, emotion. Um, there's no emotion. That's a great word. There's no yeah. emotion. Her face. Is I, very... that, that's my main thing. It seemed like so the first time watching it to to us, I think we kind of discussed it, and it was just it seemed like she was kind of there to collect a paycheck so she could do something else. Right. Yeah, I you know I I think if you look at like a lot of like the other actresses that have been in the MCU films, you know they're bringing you know, a body of work that that's just like, I like, I remember from like when they cast the first Iron Man movie and they had Gwyneth Paltrow in it. Mm -hmm. And whether you like Paltrow or not, it's just, they were really going for something different than a lot of other comic book movies. And they were getting real like performers and, and prestige kind of actors and actresses. Um, I find like uh, the problem with Captain Marvel uh, that I will say is that, you know, this was a, f a film that there was a lot of fan speculation and fan casting that existed on online mm -hmm. well before there was even talk about a movie. Uh, a lot of people had mentioned like so someone like Katie Sackhoff from like Battlestar Galactica. And, uh, you know, when you start out with such like a high note of who could play the character and then you announce somebody that couldn't be further from Something your imagination... Like uh, it's that place where you have to reconcile with like, okay, am I going to be okay with this? And am I going to be all right with seeing this person be the face of this character, uh, for conceivably the rest of my life? Uh, or, uh, you know, is it, are they going to do something cool with it and I'll buy into it. And so I think with a lot of like the characters, um, a lot of the people that they had rumored, uh, I would have liked to have seen a few other people over her. But um, I just kind of like accepted it at a point where, you know, it's a lot like with Jesse Eisenberg. He wasn't my first idea for Lex. And there were a lot of people that were being rumored at the time, like Cranston and Joaquin right. Phoenix and, and Mark Strong. And a lot of people that were like, oh, shoot, like, 
like like the Lex that we might get after Kevin Spacey could be really really cool. Yeah. Um. And when they cast him, it was kind of like, oh wow, like all right, I did not expect that, but I it was just kind of like a, you know, like I'll take it, you know, and j- just the fact that we're getting a character like that on screen, you know, I'm all right with. Uh, and like I said, Captain Marvel, I only really became a fan of over the past like two years or so, where I really started to immerse myself in the comic books, uh, especially like the original run, uh, where it was Marvel. And uh, I was just, you know, I, I like the costuming of it. I love cosmic stuff. And I kind of just accepted it as its own kind of movie where, like, we're getting <laughs> another space movie with spaceships and aliens and and cool action. And, and I, I like seeing it, you know. And uh, I would like, hopefully, to see maybe with Captain Marvel 2 or wherever she does appear next um, for them to, to show a little more with the character. I, I think... Where we meet Captain Marvel one, it's a very different place than a lot of the other superheroes, uh, given her origin being very different than the other ones. Um, And hopefully they'll be able to do something special with it. All right, I think this is definitely going to be a to be continued on uh, on Captain Marvel and Brie Larson. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But but thanks, I I appreciate your your opinion, and I I will take all of this information you've uh, provided us into uh, into my mind when I watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, uh, what I do have to add is on the Saturday Morning Superman show, I do talk a lot about how much I love Cavill and how much I love Man of Steel. And that's another very divisive movie amongst the fan community where Not people me. either love I, it or they hate it. I, and, I, um, yeah, what were you going to say? I said, not me. I love it. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like there's there's that uh, body of Superman fans that they really get it and they really enjoy it. And then the other ones that are like, oh, no, like this is not Superman and so I do talk a lot about that, um, not to talk over uh, the animation uh, that Superman, that the uh, that is the nature of the podcast, but hopefully that's one of those things that anybody that's listening, if you don't like Man of Steel or Batman v Superman, you might listen to that, and I talk about that a little more in depth, and you might say like, oh yeah, I got to definitely go back and rewatch it with with Steven's uh, like show notes. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to have a, another conversation about Batman v Superman another day, but... Uh... Um, so give us, uh, give us a little information on how people can, uh, find all these different things that you're involved in here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, uh, the Saturday morning Superman show is, uh, is a passion project for me because ultimately at the end of the day, I do love Superman. He's my favorite of all time. And it's an extension of my fandom where it's kind of like, all right, I might not ever have action comics number one. Uh, but what I can say is I have a podcast. And right now that podcast is on uh, CastBox, uh, Stitcher, and Podbean. Uh, We'll be uh, moving to iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify uh, in about a month or so. Uh, It's only by the nature of me being so busy that I haven't had really time to to, um, upload them elsewhere. Uh, So I've only had limited amount of time to focus on those three places. But it is on CastBox, Stitcher, Podbean. Uh, and if you go online, uh, we have an Instagram account right now and a Twitter account, uh, Saturday Morning Superman on Instagram, uh, Sat uh, Superman Show on uh, Twitter. Um, I believe I got that correct, uh, but it's easy <laughs> to find as soon as you type in the keyword. And uh, we air every Saturdays at 9 a.m. And uh, the first season consists of 13 episodes. Uh, so each episode, we're looking at the first season of Superman, the animated series. And we've actually already recorded all of season one. And we're in the process of finishing uh, season two, uh, which delves into the Fleischer animated shorts. 
And then uh, we'll be looking at it as like an anthology of sorts where every season uh, reflects a different moment of Superman in animation. But uh, that's where you could currently find Saturday morning Superman show. And if you love the classic monsters uh, like Dracula and Frankenstein and the mummy, and if you're interested in like the newer films, uh, be it Dark Universe or be it uh, The Invisible Man or or the upcoming Dark Army film uh, that's uh, currently um, uh, being written. Uh, you could find all of that news on UniversalMonstersUniverse.com. Uh, we uh, provide uh, uh, almost daily updates on all the new things that are happening in the world from uh, film news to merchandise news to events. Uh, along with delving into the originals and and fun little and fun little introspectives, and uh, we're all across social media. So you can find us at Universal Monsters Universe on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Tumblr. Nice, awesome! Wow, that's that's great, man. It sounds like a lot of fun. This this was awesome. I hope you enjoyed uh, doing this. We'll we'll have to do this again. I did. Yeah, I'm sorry that I was a little late, and I'm sorry if my if my microphone. Like he just did. <laughs> like he just did. <laughs> he's still there? Oh no. Yep, he completely froze up. Oh no. He's very he's very sorry that it happened. Oh though. no. This is not cool. Um yep, completely froze. He, he's okay. Gone. Okay. We may have to end this for him. All right. Well uh we're gonna thank Steve, even though he's frozen <laughs> here. <laughs> and uh we're going to have him on again for sure. And uh, we'll, uh, we're going to give him a second to see if we can reconnect with him. And we'll we'll uh, we'll put all these uh, his info in the show notes. Oh, is he is he back? Was that You there? Uh, sorry, you completely uh, froze for like 5 seconds. Yep. No, it was long. Am, I, am I back now? You're back. Yeah, you're back. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, well, thanks again, Steve. We're we're going to have to do this again. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I had a blast. I, you know, it when it comes to talking about Superman and, and He-Man and comic books and all that stuff, you know, I'm always up for a conversation. Uh, yeah, we didn't even get into He-Man. He-Man's another one I can go on for a while on. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about, like, the new animated series. We got to talk about the upcoming movie. We got to talk about your thoughts on She-Ra on, uh, on Netflix. So that's, that's a whole other thing. We'll, we'll, have yeah. a, we'll have a whole show dedicated to that. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. All right, Steve. Well, thank you again. And, uh, we look forward to uh, launch this episode. It'll be available on Monday, the 23rd. Is that Monday? Monday, whatever Monday is. Yeah, Monday, the 23rd. <laughs> yes, September. Okay, 23rd. yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Nice. All right, cool. So we'll, we'll catch you again soon. Okay, right. thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, thanks again to Stephen Piscotti. Great interview, a yeah. fantastic interview. Uh, yeah, that was good. one of our best. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we'd love to have him on again and talk to uh, more members of the royal family. Of course, the royal collectibles family, at least not the go. actual royal family. But um, let's do a little uh, reading, watching. Uh, just so you know, we uh, we do have a couple of segments in the work for future episodes. Uh, maybe some fun stuff. A little bit, not not you know, we'll still do reading and watching, but uh, a little bit, a little thing, different things to mix it up. But uh, we're working on meeting, getting all the minds together, and uh, making sure we put that in a in a, um, an understandable way for us all to understand. There you go. So JJ, you want to kick off reading and watching? Sure. What am I What am I reading? Um, so in preparation for our book club, which is actually next Friday, um, which would be what the twenty. Jeez. September twenty seventh. September twenty seventh. It's not next week. 
We have two weeks on that? No, it is next week. Next, yeah, next yes. Friday, September 27th. I'm reading Planet Hulk still. I'm a little behind. I haven't been able to. Well, this uh, this will be releasing on Monday, so it'll be this Friday. This Friday. 27th. There you go. <laughs> the 27th. Um, our uh, yeah, our book club, uh, which is Planet Hulk. So I'm still I'm still trying to uh, get through those books um, uh, as much as I can. So I'll probably wrap that up this weekend or early next week. Um, and just so everyone knows, it will again be available on Twitch, Facebook Live, and YouTube. There you go. Perfect. That's all of them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we got we had. Pretty decent engagement. Uh, we'd love more. Um, we want you guys to interact with us. So if you listen to this now, it's probably going to be about eight eight thirty on Friday. Yep. Uh, if you can't uh, log on then, we you know we understand you know family obligations and stuff like that. Uh, watch it later. It's available afterwards on YouTube. You yep. know we had probably you know ten times as many uh, views afterwards that we did um, during it. And you know even if you can't um, respond on the spot. You know, hit us up on uh, Instagram. You know, tell us what you liked about it, or you know, any you know anywhere on social media, uh, what you didn't like, um, things you think we could have done differently. And you know, we'll we'll take all those um, suggestions and kind of try to apply them so everyone gets a good show from us. There you go. So yeah, that's uh, that's really the only thing I've read. Um, what am I watching? Um, you know, all the shows are still are all the TV shows are coming back. What next week? I think they start. Yeah, I like, think so. Something like that. A week or two. So I've, I've been, um, I've been going all over um, Amazon Prime. I recently discovered Amazon Prime. So there's a lot of movies on there and a lot of TV shows that I've been, you know, that I'm catching up on. Um, I'm obsessed with Jack Ryan. So I watched it full run by myself, and now I'm watching it a second time with my wife, and she's obsessed with it. Um, Jack Ryan, man, love the show. I cannot wait for season two. Uh, which comes out, I think, the week of uh, New York Comic Con because they're doing a panel there. Um, I think it's November first. It's supposed to be coming out. Is it November first? Yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, that's the last I heard of it. Well, I know they're doing a they're doing a panel at New York Comic Con. I thought they were going to show like the first episode or something. I oh, that's possible. Um, uh, I don't know if that's. Good. I don't think it's going to be a white piece, but it's possible that they might be um, doing a, a preview of that. Yeah, I'm obsessed with it. I just can't get enough. So, yeah, um, me and uh, me and my wife, we watched it when it when it came out, too. And it was fantastic. Um, anyone who hasn't heard of it, John Krasinski, uh, you'll know him as Jim from The Office. Yeah, uh, he's done a bunch of stuff now. He's kind of, you know, coming into that action star role and he he does a great job. Him and uh, I forgot the actor who plays uh, Greer, but fantastic. I love their relationship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just it was really a great show. I'm, I'm pumped to uh, to watch the second season of it. I'm, a, uh, I'm sure we'll finish in a couple of days. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Tom Clancy movies. I love his books. I mean, I haven't read. Oh them. yeah, I've seen all of them too. Yeah, so I'm, I, you know, it's funny. I haven't seen them all. Like I just watched some of All Fears this week, which is, um, again, Ben it's Affleck. Jam, yeah, with I didn't know Ben Affleck played uh, Jack Ryan. Um, yeah. I, Actually, you know what? I was lying because there was one with Chris Pine, right? Yes, that's the newest one, which I haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that one. And then you have two of them with um, uh, Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford, and then uh, the other one with uh, what's that? Alec the Baldwin, Baldwin brother, uh, which the Hunt for Red October, which is one of my yeah, favorite well, movies. which is definitely my favorite. I that that's the first one. That's right? the first one. Yep. Yeah. So I'm I, a, I think he was supposed to continue doing it, but um, James Earl Jones was the General Greer, Greer I think, in all of them. That's right. Now, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, early Samuel L. Jackson in one of the Harrison Fords, too. I, I get them confused. Like, I never remember which one's which. Whichever one where Sean Bean 
is like one of the uh, the uh, Irish uh, terrorists. Yeah. That's the one Samuel L. Jackson's in. Oh yeah, I you know I haven't. I what is it? Clear and Present Danger, and then oh Patriot Games is the ones with Patriot uh, Games. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen those, or if I've seen them, they were such a long time ago. I don't remember them. So, yeah. unfortunately, those two are not on any streaming service right now. So uh, I'm gonna have to wait. The only I one feel that, like they're on cable a lot. You can catch them if you yeah, want. Yeah, the only one that's on the streaming service is uh, Some of All Fears, which I really enjoyed. Mm. I liked it. I I thought Ben Affleck was pretty cool in it. Um, it was different to see him in that type of role, besides it being a superhero type of person. Uh, but yeah, yeah. does I, Morgan Freeman play the role of Greer in that? N- no, he plays a different guy. Um, okay. Greer is not in this one. He's not in that one. He's right? not. No. Because uh, uh, I think it's like before, like he gets to that point where he meets Greer and stuff like that, yeah, right? It's really weird because it, it kind of like starts out from the beginning anyway, like where he meets, or he's already dating the you know the nurse chick, right? Because um, it seems like that's each episode. It's because it, to be yeah. honest with you, I was thinking about this: the Huntford at October, he's already married to her and already has a child. Yes. So then, you know, I'm not sure what Clear and Present Danger d- does or Patriot Games. Um, but some of all fears, they're just, they just started dating. So I know this is not a geek related TV show, but it was, it was, I mean, it kind of is. I mean, I I think it's encompassing of, uh, stuff geeks are into. I'm kind of action, real life, uh, superhero stuff. There you go. I'm kind of now in a Jack Ryan mode right now where I just want to see everything of Jack Ryan. (laughs) I I don't, I don't blame you. I I mean, I've seen Hunt for Red October so many times, mostly because I'm like a Sean Connery fanatic. Mm-hmm. Like I love Sean Connery. It's so funny in that movie where you have all these Russians and then they, they stop speaking Russian like after like 10 minutes into the movie and then everybody has a British accent. Yeah, well, I love the <laughs> really, tra- every I love that transition. That's one of my most vivid yeah. memories is the transition from Russian to English. And it was just, it was so perfect. <laughs> and it was just like... I mean, it's hilarious. It, yeah. Sean Connery, you have Sam Neill, even Tim Curry is in that. And yeah. they all have like these crazy British accents, which is hilarious. Great movie. I remember seeing that. Uh, I saw Hunt for Red October the night before I left for boot camp. Wow. Um, so it was, uh, it was pretty cool to catch that right before he went to boot camp. Navy nice. boot camp. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm reading. Well, that's what I'm watching. Not much on the, cool. uh, not much else. Um, I think I already said for uh, watching, I finished up Arrow. So I finished up Arrow and Flash now. I'm trying to catch up on everything else. Um, I don't think it's going to happen before the new shows launch, but I feel like those were kind of the important two to make sure I finished before um, all the premieres this season. And uh, I also watched season two of Titans. Oh, Did that's you watch right. That one yes, well? you know what? I am caught up to that. I apologize. I am caught up. It, on was, that. it was pretty good. I liked um, the introduction of Rose who we find out is Slade Wilson's daughter. Yes. It was uh, it was a pretty good episode. It wasn't anything too crazy going on. A pretty uh, awesome fight scene that she had and kind of like reintroducing everyone. I'm still kind of like, you know, chomping at the bit to see this new Superboy character. I'm hoping next episode we get to see him. But I, I, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good episode. I mean, honestly, I have to say without a doubt, I really like Swamp Thing, but I think Titans is their best show. Absolutely. I right still now, can't... And, I still Go can't stomach. No, no, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just still can't stomach the whole Bruce Wayne dude. I mean, it's just it, it, he bothers me. I love him I, as a I'll character. I'll be honest with you. I don't think we're going to see him again after this. You don't think so? I I looked because when they like released the IMDb stuff, he was only on there for two episodes, and I think I think he's done now. Okay, that's so, I'm okay I mean, with it, that. It's cool. I I get it too. It just seems weird. It doesn't fit to me either. Yeah. 
I, really, I would have loved if he was like Alfred. Yeah, absolutely. I, that that fits. That that fits. He would have been like a cool Alfred, but um, they yeah, did, I, I agree. He's on the older side. I they did. Uh, I did see a photo today on Facebook of the um, the Nightwing costume. So that was. Oh, you did. Yeah, that was released today. Apparently, somebody got a hold of it. It looks pretty bad. Uh, kick butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Ba. Um, so yeah, looking forward to the whole Nightwing. I, I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, I know uh, Bojo. That's one of his like favorite characters. So I'm sure he's. Uh, well, I don't think he's watched any of it yet, but I'm sure he'll be excited to see uh, that character done well. Nice new episode drops tomorrow. Yes, it does. Nice. Or three days ago. Three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've only watched season two so far because this is Thursday, uh, September nineteenth, and uh, <laughs> well, next episode we'll let you know hopefully about uh, episode three. And if uh, but I have been reading a ton. Uh, I didn't start Planet Hulk yet. I do intend to do that very soon, though. Uh, one of the things I read actually before the end of this past week, I finished the last um, part of the Spider-Man life story. So part six, it's called the tens. So like I guess like the twenty tens into like the nineteen. So it's actually the date is twenty nineteen, and he is um, he's like seventy two years old. And he's uh, embarking on his pretty much final journey. And, I mean, I guess he doesn't expect not to come back. But, I mean, he basically sacrifices himself in the end. The Peter Parker character. It was really good. I mean, if you're a Spider-Man fan, I'm telling you, you have to read the life stories. It's, you know, they go through the decades. And they're not exactly what happened in the comic books. But they're pretty cool, like, flashes through, like, you know, the 60s through today. And, um, you know, if you're not, I mean, they're really cool, like, you know, tidbits on, you know, what Spider-Man's done in the last, like, 60, 70 years. So, um, Spider-Man Life Story, uh, one through six, um, it was written all the, I think all were written by Chip Zdarsky, uh, art by Mark Bagley, um, I think some other people who did the art as well. I think Zdarsky might have done some of the covers, too. I know he did the one to Life Story 6. So um, definitely check it out if you haven't read them already. Um, probably the best Spider-Man story I've read in a while, although I am behind on current stuff. And then I'm not going to lie, most of my reading has been Marvel through Marvel Unlimited. Hey, if Marvel Unlimited, if you want to sponsor us, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we'll keep our options open. You know, send us a message. <laughs> I just renewed my, uh, my, my subscription. Yeah, so did I. I think we like signed up around the same time. Yeah. Media. So, um, yes, I've read Cable number seven from, uh, I think, 94. <laughs> I don't remember what it was about. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I've also read X-Men 29, also from uh, February 94. Interesting story. That was kind of um, a little interaction between you get a, a Psylocke and an Archangel story. Uh, it was... I forgot who the villain was in that. I have to go back and look at it, but it was pretty cool. What I am reading, I'm trying to um, catch up on the current stuff. I'm not reading a lot of the current stuff from the stuff I buy, but I am trying to catch up on uh, the Unlimited app. So the ones that I've been trying to catch up most recently are the Venom um, Stegman stories and the uh, the Immortal Hulk, uh, which have been fantastic. Uh, who's been, I think Al Ewing has been doing the, uh, the writing on Immortal Hulk. I'm not sure if he's still on it, but he was at the time. And Donnie Coates has been writing the Venom story. 
they're just really good. I mean, Immortal Hulk especially has been fantastic. I'm up to issue eight, and it gets better and better every issue. Um, Jim, after you're done with Planet Hulk, I would seriously recommend okay. starting Immortal Hulk. All right. Uh, Venom has been interesting too. This whole uh, Ven- um, symbiote god has been interesting. Uh, I'm trying. To, I'm still behind on Spider Geddon, which happened basically in, in November of 2018. <laughs> I just read uh, part three of that. Uh, it's okay. Um, it's the Inheritors again. I don't know. I mean, you don't probably know about it, but people who have you know been reading the current stuff and who are Spider-Man fans, I'm getting a little um, fatigued with these Inheritors characters. I think we need to kind of move on to a, another big bad, personally. Uh, also reading X-Force number 31. This was actually really good. It was, um, so there's a Teresa, uh, I think, I want to say Cassidy. So she's the daughter of Banshee, Sean Cassidy. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And it's an interesting story. Um, apparently, Black Tom Cassidy, who is like Sh- uh, Banshee's cousin, he basically raised her. And like kind of lied to Banshee that she didn't have a daughter. So it was kind of like one of those um almost like a redemption type story. It was actually X-Force is from the 90s stuff, other than like the regular uncanny X-Men title, has probably been one of the better ones. I'm really enjoying that. Um and like I said, I read Spider-Man, uh Spider Geddon 3, which was which has been okay. Uh Uncanny X-Men is um 309. It kind of goes into more of professor x's like background story he's it's i think the next issue is the marriage of gene gray and scott summers and for some reason like professor x like is finding it hard to be happy for them even though he wants to be happy for them and it goes into this like whole emotional like relationship thing that he had it was interesting uh it's it wasn't a story that i had heard before but um you know and then uh gambit the Gambit miniseries. I'm up to issue three of that, uh, February 1st, 1994. That's been really good, actually. That's another one of my uh, favorite things that I've been reading. Uh, highly recommend reading through that. Um, so I've been reading everything X-Men related from the beginning, like the early stuff before the new team joined. I kind of flipped through a lot of that stuff. But I've read everything since Gambit's joined. And this is kind of the first time you're really getting to uh, see more about Gambit's origin story and his background, which she's a pretty cool character. I've always kind of had him as a, you know, one of my favorites. And uh, I know uh, Mr. Mr. Jeff B, who's uh, been on our show, he's a he's a favorite of his as well. So uh, Jeff, if you haven't read that one, I uh, recommend checking it out as well. And uh, I think that's it. It was a lot. Are you sure that's, that's it? Actually, that's a lot. I, I actually. I actually kept some decent notes on what I read this time oh, around. My God. For, for the comic book fans out there of a comic book podcast. You, you read a lot. Yeah. Well, I was on, I was on vacation, so I, I had some time to read when my daughter wasn't climbing on me like a tree. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, do we want to go into some announcements? Um, sure. Um, yeah, the only one I would probably, the only one I would probably talk about is uh, New York comic con. So, um, we're going to be at New York Comic Con, walking the floor, uh, checking out booths and artists and maybe doing a couple quick uh, interviews, hopefully. Um, if you guys find us, usually we're wearing our black collared shirts that have Long Island Comic Guys logo on the uh, top left corner. If you guys find yep. us, say, uh, you know, come come, come find us and we'll, uh, we'll give you a Long Island Comic Guys sticker. 
Yeah, um, very cool sticker. Vinyl yeah, stickers, right? Vinyl stickers. So uh, find us, and uh, we'll hook you up. Um, yeah, limited to 25, guys. So yep, that's, get, yeah, get there, there soon. We'll definitely be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday is questionable. Yep. Uh, we'll post out, um, you know, pictures of the stickers and, you know, what we'll be wearing, kind of maybe a picture of all of us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, wearing the polos. So this will um, this will, yeah, this I'll, and this helps us meet our fans if we have fans. I mean, let's yes, let's we we'd I, like I to know if we have, have fans. <laughs> we do want to interact. I mean, the one show that we did, um, um, the Suffolk County Comic and Art Expo, it was cool to like have people come up to us like, oh yeah, like I mean, granted, it was a handful, maybe you know, ten to fifteen people. Like, yeah, I've actually listened to your show before. Like that's that's actually pretty awesome. It 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 tell it tells us that what we're doing is actually appreciated by other people at least you know we we enjoy doing it but we enjoy that other people are kind of enjoying listening to us talk about like our passion so uh yeah any uh any continued support is uh greatly appreciated there you go and uh same as usual so uh on my end i think we're we're you know gearing up towards uh book club on the 27th we hope as many people can join as possible again um it's the don't feed the geeks book club it's available on Twitch, uh, Facebook Live, and YouTube. If you can't watch it at eight, eight to eight thirty, I think we'll. It'll probably be eight thirty. I think that's the time. The yeah. Last time, uh, we'll announce again um, details on that on social media as well. Uh, check it out. We're uh, the first one was super fun. We did Long Halloween. If you haven't watched that yet, still available on our YouTube page. Uh, subscribe, follow us, and uh, give it a view. And then what's even funnier about that was that like a two weeks later they announced that they're doing a long uh, they're doing a long Halloween cartoon or animation right? Or yes, movie. and I'm what I'm hearing is um, the new Batman movie is going to be heavily That's right. inspired by the Long Halloween, which is also really cool. We're going to take credit for that. That that was yes, our deal. We are. <laughs> We're going to tell everyone. Yeah, they did that because of our uh, that, book club. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. So I think that's it. Uh, you know, continue to follow us on social media, uh, interact with us. We know that our stuff hasn't been easy to find because of all this new social media algorithms or whatever it is. So, um, you know, try to, um, you know, turn your notifications on for us so you can see what we're posting. We try to post good stuff on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter now. We're kind of making sure we're active on all of those. So, um, yeah. That would be great if you uh, followed and uh, interacted. And as usual, until next time, remember... Don't be the geeks!